0: Everybody loves filler. Hello, Allison. Hi, Matthew. How are you this week?
1: Oh, I'm just ducky. I I missed you in the past couple of weeks. Oof. Yeah. All over the place.
0: Yeah. Sick. (laughs) And elsewhere.
1: Sick and then in Wisconsin.
0: Sick and then Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have to say, after much thought, I still cannot recommend COVID. I just can't do it. Okay. I don't think it's Rated. ready for. I don't think it's ready for adult use. This jelly. It's not ready for this jelly.
1: Well, I'm glad you're back, and the me fun too. can continue
0: on Mike. Me too. Me too. Yeah. So yeah. welcome to ADHD 20, where we talk about ADHD and D and D Dungeons and Dragons, two great tastes that we think taste, taste great, great together. together. Mm hmm. Um, what are we going to talk yeah, about we... today? We have a few things that we want to talk about. Allison, I think we should roll to see who talks next.
1: I was going to say the same thing because we each have these kind of bigger topics that we brought to the table today. And yeah. why don't we do a little roll
0: off for Let's it? Let's do
1: it. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. Okay, Here we go.
0: A one minute, dude. How'd you do? Six. <gasps>
1: I won with an 11.
0: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice.
1: All right. (laughs) So I guess we're off to the races on celebrating a feat of mine. And, And that is that just a few days ago, I DM'd. A full session for the first time. So I have done some practice sessions with Matt and Evan and our friend Fitz, uh-huh. I had to kind of like uh, worm my way, wiggle my way into the world of, of DMing. But a couple of months ago, some friends approached me because I've been talking about Dungeons and Dragons so much, and we're like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna listen to you. We want to play Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. Will you DM for us?"
0: <laughs> Quick side note: two things. Number one, you're you have a natural knack for it and that was apparent even in your very first moments putting something together you have that like that ease of speaking that is good for business it's good for podcasting it's good for other things so i'm not surprised that friday went well secondly (laughs) darn it (laughs) oh no there it is perfect (laughs) let's see hold on you forgot it yeah i can bring it back i can bring it back secondly what was the other thing that you said
1: that some friends approached me because I had been talking about Dungeons Yes, Tri-
0: thank you. <laughs> short-term memory. Short- Hold term on to that, memory. Maddie. That's a part of ADHD, folks. That is short-term memory it is not known. Anyway, before I forget again, what I was going to say is last podcast, you mentioned that you have been evangelizing mm-hmm. this game up and down the world. So I'm really, really psyched and delighted to hear that it was not in vain and that you pulled some people into a game
1: i pulled some people right on in um shout out to my first official crew and with the exception of fitz who joined that game all new people for me to play with which is a different experience altogether when i've only played with this little bubble this whole time these past two years and change so megan and amy and charity and brooks and fitz thank you for Being my first babies and, and, and what an adventure it was. So yeah, Megan and Amy are the two that approached me and said, you've been talking, we've been listening. We want to play Dungeons and Dragons. Will you DM for us? And I was with a man on that first part of that sentence until they got to the, will you be our DM? And then it was like, (laughs) I'm not qualified, (laughs) like ready. And I got to give it up to the DMs of the world, especially the one sitting on camera right in front of me right now. Mr. (laughs) DMing is a lot of freaking work. Okay. A lot, so much. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I was I was hesitant, A, because I didn't know what I was doing, and two, because I know how much work it is. The name of the game is Yes And, so mm-hmm. I Yes And at that. I pulled in uh, Charity as a friend that had just replied to a couple of my Instagram stories along the way that she was interested in playing D&D someday. Mm-hmm. Brooks is a friend that I've known since third grade, and he is a DD player. And so... He and I have volleyed on social media as well that we, hey, we should play together sometime. So I pulled him in. And then I, I knew. So when I was learning how to become a DD player, what helped me was being with really good DD players. Mm-hmm. And so that was Evan and Fitz. And so I, <laughs> I pulled in Fitz because I was like, I need, if we have newbies, I need a player that can show them how it's done. Mm-hmm. I, I think it went extremely well. I had fun at least. I guess you'll have to ask the others, but they were certainly nice and complimentary. But yeah, it was very interesting. You know, even though I was excited about it and even though we'd had the date on the calendar for months, naturally I waited until the very last (laughs) minute.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah.
1: I I had selected the module that we were going to use and then I got some lessons. I got one of my friends for my Thursday game to like teach me how to use Roll20 as a DM. Also months ago. And then I just didn't put all the pieces together. I'm sorry to anybody listening to this until the days before the adventure was to begin, which which feels pretty on brand.
0: It's super on brand. It's super incredibly on brand. And yeah, I... I um Say it, Matt. <laughs> no, I, I it is... Here's the best thing about working with my coach, that there is absolute validation. You cannot fight that you can't fight that with our brains you can't it doesn't matter how much passion you have which i i have all the passion for this i think the only way that i would be more prepared for you know every week's game is if i did this full time right and and even then i might be preparing for other people's games i don't know but you know you get points for showing up you get points for sitting down the, the best thing we can do is try to minimize the stress so mm-hmm. my question mm-hmm. was you you mentioned Roll 20. Roll 20, yeah. and Which you had to use because you weren't playing live, right? Right. And, yeah, any other tools that you found? Certainly when you're first beginning, Dungeon Master prep is is very strenuous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hope for every player of the game to Dungeon Master at least one game. Mm -hmm. Like, seriously, to put it together, just to understand. To the point where I have become a disciple of Mike Shea, the Lazy Dungeon Master, to try to pare down my prep time and really try to focus it to its core. So I was wondering if there were any (laughs) tools that particularly helped you with that.
1: It's funny because I I have the Lazy Dungeon Master in the workbooks. You haven't read it, yeah. (laughs) I can tell her I haven't read it yet. (laughs) It's I'm not awesome. doing this on purpose, I swear. No. <laughs> that's why this podcast
0: <laughs> That's why this podcast works, man. That is why it works. It just you would really think it wouldn't work. Okay.
1: Mm-mm. No, and I, I know like when I first it was like I'm gonna DM Matt, how do I DM? What do I do? I just I wish that every single one of you guys who DMs would just show me your notes, man. And I that's hard for you because you and I play every game together. So you like that would be a major spoiler if I saw your stuff. But I just want to see how you do it because I don't know if I'm doing it right. So here's what I did. I, you know, you have the story <laughs> and, it, and it comes, you know, with its maps and there's both like the DM's version and the player's version of the maps. And mm-hmm. so I started by crawling through all of those and getting to know it's recommended NPCs and all the baddies. And then I just opened up a Dropbox paper <laughs> blank sheet And started writing, Mm -hmm. you know, I I tried to use like a series of, if this is an italics, then I'm supposed to read it aloud as is. If this is bolded, then this is some kind of information or instruction that I needed to convey to players when they reach these certain, you know, points in a story. D&D Beyond gives you these four kind of free modules when you buy Explorer's Guide to Wild Mountain, and you could just lift them straight out and read them as is and take people on this adventure. But, you know, that's boring. So I had to make it complicated and add my own NPCs. (laughs) Yeah. So I'd done a little Session Zero with Megan and Amy and Charity and had gotten to know their characters a little bit. And Brooks had sent me this long, beautiful write-up on his character and had clearly put a lot of thought into what he was coming in with. So I had tried to figure out, you know, how these would all come together. And then Fitz was the outlier. I gave her a little bit more information. I basically positioned her as the guide for the party. Mm -hmm. So I told her just enough, like basically when we play this name will mean something to you. I didn't tell her what it was, but that she, she would say like, oh yes, I recognize that. And so it's very funny because whenever I prep, It's very detailed at the beginning with a lot of things I'm supposed to just read. And then it just gets less and less detail as you go. Because you know that's when players are going to come in. and Don't spend hours writing these encounters because they're just going to go off the rails immediately.
0: And that's really the Uh only thing that I really could tell anyone. That is a lesson Mm -hmm. that you cannot learn until you're a dungeon master. You cannot learn. Just do it, number one. Number two, you cannot guess. What your players are going to do, you cannot guess. You could prepare for hours. We played on Monday, and I had prepared for all manner of things to happen, and the and, the, and players bypassed <laughs> every single thing. Totally fine. That's what you're supposed to do. That's your prerogative, right? So yep. that's why Mike Shea is so brilliant. He's certainly not alone. He, everybody says this that knows what they're talking about. You just don't want to prep too much, at least not for one thing. Now, I'm imagining Matt Mercer is so organized and is paid so well that he mm-hmm. literally can go <laughs> and build a map and write. Yeah. Flavor text for every single thing, just in case they walk in. Uh, and, and then he's incredible improviser. On top of that, which means he's got every base covered. But if you don't, if you're not Matt Mercer, which you're not, no one is, and good for <gasps> him. Then yeah, you really just have to be okay with winging it sometimes.
1: The the whole reason that this adventure exists is to essentially get the characters to go on this like swamp crawl. To find this lost mage. Uh So we get into like the Lord of the Lands tent, and you know, he propositions these adventurers. And they're at first like, nah. (laughs) And I'm like, if you guys. And you're like, I have nothing. If you don't do this, I have nothing for you. Did you have to say that? I basically had to offer them enough gold. <laughs> I didn't want a railroad, you know, but I'm like, but no, you, ha- you have to go on this. You have to go oh find this page. Oh you have to. And I did have to have the same conversation with each player that you've had to have with me several times of, listen, I'm not going to try and kill you. That's not my goal. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> if you die, I don't have a reason to play. Mm. I want you to live and do badass ass things. That is my goal as Dungeon Master to facilitate encounters Mm -hmm. not death Mm -hmm. and so i did have to up the ante on the gold amount offered yeah so i think lesson that i've learned there just if you're paying attention and you've never dungeon mastered before if you're offering a bounty to players does not matter what the text says the bounty is lowball Just start low. Don't come out of the gate (laughs) at 200 gold. Tell them you'll pay them 25 and then let the madness take place in the bartering and the exchanging of ideas. I mean, that that
0: kind of could be applied to anything in life, really
1: anything just come in low (laughs) on their adventure. So it was a lot of fun. I definitely in the moment ADD or not got overwhelmed. And that's a big thing is learning like, Matt Mercer and the cast of Critical Role, they know their audience is captive. They know we're going to hang on what they have to say, and they can take all the time they want, and we're still going to watch. I don't quite have that luxury yet. So it's like, how do we keep a pace that's intriguing and interesting, but also own the moment and take the time to give the descriptions and fill the spaces with ideas? And
0: I'll get better at that, I hope i think i think that's one of the hardest parts for me and i'm still mm. learning how, how long have we been playing we
1: have been playing since march of 2020 and it is now almost june of 2020
0: right so two, two years, years later two, two two years later i still that is still an enormous challenge it, it is pacing and that balance of being prepared and letting go and trusting people and finding the rhythm and not trying to fill every every moment with stuff. And
1: that's one note I've made to myself. I did a little journal write-up afterwards. Next time, like when they come into an area of the swamp, describe the area. When mm-hmm. a baddie steps out, don't just say the name of it, but what is it? What is terrifying about it? How big is it? What does it smell like?
0: Along those lines, I have been looking into this website called Describe D S. C-R-Y-B dot com. I don't know whether it's the thing, but I go back and forth with whenever I do have flavor text to read, whenever I do have, you know, describe. Is that an official term, yeah, by the way, I think flavor so. text? I think it is. I like it. Yeah, I think it is. I know that as an actor, I can read it and it not sound super—I mean, y'all can obviously tell when I'm reading and when I'm not, but you can make it come alive, right? And so I was thinking, gosh, these people that describe what they do is they just— write flavor text for everything.
1: I'm on the website right everything. now. See, so the, the, the ADHD in me, you've given me a new thing and <laughs> new now thing. I'm off playing on this.
0: I haven't bit the bullet yet, but I've definitely looked at it. The writing is great and they have yeah. this cavalcade of writers and they, and they just describe things, which is really fun. So it's like goblin and you just spit out this fun description of a goblin. So that's an idea. And I wonder, what I wonder is in the in the context is for me, because my brain is already on the next thing and it's difficult mm-hmm. enough for me to actually speak the stuff in my brain when I'm just mm-hmm. living my life day to day, would it be helpful to have that kind of centering I do have mm-hmm. a sort of a relaxed feeling when I get to a flavor text box, you know, I kind of go, mm-hmm. okay, this is centering me. It's describing it for them. It actually is part of the game. I wonder if at at, the, at least the beginning of your DM career, your GM career, yeah. I wonder if at, at, the, at least at the beginning until you get to a point where it is just eloquent – then maybe describe some way to go so i
1: just uh, i i hit up describe yeah i typed in cave entrance mm-hmm. and then i went to the free tab and these are great yeah you see a small cave entrance its arched appearance seems too uniform to be natural inside the cave floor quickly descends into darkness a strong musty smell comes from within and a faint echo of water reaches your ears yeah if i could just burp that out instead of me yeah. having to think that out oh man now i want to give you one to
0: read Okay. Pick a baddie. Um, Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. The draconic form wriggles, heaving its reptilian body from its newly broken shell with a wet, tearing sound. Sticky fluids ooze from the shell as the beast takes its first unfettered breaths and then moves clumsily as it learns to walk. Its gaze roams the surrounding area and its nostrils flare testing the air for signs of food or danger. It raises its head when the scent of fresh blood and viscera fills the air, its jaws already slathered with slime, and its eyes shining with a hunger not yet sated. That's Dragon, hatching out of its shell by Describe.
1: So there it is. We have helped the masses listening to this podcast describe you heard it if making descriptions and and talking improvising freaks you the hell out <laughs> ADHD driven or otherwise find a tool man that's what this is about just find the tools that find you need tool. to
0: get the job done and that was my question to you was just tools and so i shared i ended up sharing a tool for you and and yeah speaking of tools may i segue into my portion or was, are I, you
1: yeah. i was actually about to ask okay. i think now it's your turn to
0: so Here's the struggle that I have had and that I have as a human being <laughs> is that I love tools, I love creating and I love tools and I sometimes I get distracted by one or the other. You are right, I absolutely did fall in love instantly with Elise Meyer. And one of her one of her little shorts was it's just like her typing on something and it said, "Should I learn this new tool?" No. Am I going to do it anyway? Yes. Yes. Uh, And that's me. That's the story of my life. So I kind of vacillate back and forth from, okay, how agnostic can I make this versus how can I use a tool that really does actually help me, right? And I've got this coach that kind of helps me with this tool obsession, but technology is never going to stop and it's always going to be enticing and always going to be amazing and it's always going to help just a little bit, right? Right. Like, describe. Mm-hmm. And the the problem with that is we started playing the game virtually. Mm-hmm. There has been no other option. I have never, I've, since I was 10, I've not played live. We're, we're <laughs> going to change that in, in, in a few weeks, which I'm super psyched about. But I have to change my way of playing mm-hmm. for that weekend, right? Because I don't, I actually don't know how to do it. And so... I kind of go back and forth, and I want to get to the place where the majority of my prep is in one place, the majority of my thinking is in one place, and then I can just export it to the tools that I need for the situation. And I think that the times that it starts to break down is when I'm trying to find that balance of tools and focus, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because people with ADHD do have a focus difficulty at times, and and it's really just what to focus on. And so if I spend dear sweet prep time trying to lock down making combat easier in Foundry Virtual Tabletop, then the game story suffers a bit, right? Mm -hmm. Then sometimes I will know exactly every NPC's middle name, but then we get in and combat is super broken, because I'm not prepared with how to make it happen live. I've been going down this path of t- taking stock on all the things about Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, 5e, that have not felt right to me after two years. I know that a lot of this is because there are hipsters now that play role-playing games. They call them OSR. It's an old-school revival renaissance. And what it is, they're going back to the original tomes, the Gary Gygax, TSR era, the Red Box, the different writers, different editions, and they get super hardcore about it. But I will say it was a different game back then. It was a very Mm -hmm. different game. And there's so, so, so many things about 5e that I really love more. I love the relative simplicity of it. I love the focus on backgrounds and role-playing and storytelling and the size of it. And I love the community of it, which, of course, we didn't have back then. But there's a few things that I feel like, to get to simplicity, they took some things away that I miss. (laughs) There's an edginess. There's a grittiness, I think, that 5e does not have. And and you just touched on one where your friend Brooks spent days and days creating a character. We wouldn't have done that back then because mm-hmm. death happened really often. Sometimes you would, like, build two characters just in case one died in a session. <laughs> I'm not kidding.
1: This is this is what is the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Antithetical <laughs> to what we were saying earlier. With I'm a dungeon master. It's not my goal to kill you. I know. Yes, it is because dying is too hard.
0: I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I love that. I love that. But it, it's not really specifically death. And 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 I want to reiterate. It wasn't the dungeon master killing people. It was just that the game sure. really was dungeons, and. I mean, there weren't even that many dragons until Dragonlance. <laughs> Seriously, until Dragonlance, there weren't even that many dragons. Yeah. And, and so it was like dungeon after dungeon. I mean, that's what you did. And that was f- plenty fun, you know? Yeah. And I think things yeah. started to open up and change when Dragonlance came out. And that's when I really started loving the game. So what that says to me is that 5e is my jam. The new versions are my jam. I've said before I tried 4e and it was very complicated. My point with all this is just to say that there's some things that I do miss. There's an, there is a stakes that I find missing sometimes, especially in combat, right? And and you'll find this as a dungeon master, that as your characters get more powerful, you can't challenge them. It's so difficult to challenge y'all. I'm not joking. And in order to challenge you, you have to be 10 times more focused on on a vampire's legendary actions. You have to Mm -hmm. know so much more. And so, Mm -hmm. what I guess what I'm trying to say is everybody wants to start at third level and they want to go until 20th level, right? And the Mm -hmm. sweet, sweet, sweet spot is like five to ten, right? Yeah. Like you really start rocking. But your characters are just, they're just like the Avengers and they're unstoppable and there's so many little things and turns go on forever because it's, this and that, and also this, and this is my reaction, and this is my bonus, and it's like 50,000 points of damage. And you're like, oh, wow, Strahd just died. That was the whole point of this game, and he's dead. So um, (laughs) I've been thinking about (laughs) how to both simplify combat and make everything feel like good grief. There is a horde of skeletons coming We are really overwhelmed. Are we going to Mm -hmm. live through this? Now, again, my job is to not let you die. I get that. But I still want to make the players fear death. So they're really going to pull out every stop that they can. And then they're going to give the dungeon master as much as they can. And they're going to be super ready to rock in any situation. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And it doesn't in other ways. Okay. And so I hear you, and I think that these are frustrations that may be unique to DMing, because I will tell you as a player, Mm -hmm. I have never once in two years, sometimes playing D&D three, four times a week, I have never once been in a combat that I thought lasted too long. Hmm. I have never once watched Critical Role and thought, This combat is lasting too long. It goes back to what I was saying earlier with those who are professionals and have the confidence that those of us that aren't are still building is take the space, own the moment. When somebody is really good at public speaking, they're not worried about what the audience thinks about their gaps and Mm -hmm. their pauses. They're going to take the time they need to think through what they want to say. And maybe the audience just thinks that they're pausing for effect, right? They're Mm -hmm. not worried about you. And so it's interesting to me because I know you and I have talked about this subject at length, but I don't know that I connected the dots until today that it was about your feeling, fear, whatever you want to call it, that combat takes too long. Mm -hmm. I've gotten better at role-playing and enjoying, because remember when we first started, man, I was all like, fight, 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 fight. I did not want to do any role-playing. And I think I've gotten a little bit, you know, less chaotic six-year-old boy about it, Mm -hmm. but I still love it. It's still my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. I, I, Maybe I'm sometimes disappointed when I don't get a combat in sessions, Uh but I'm never disappointed if the combat takes too long. I love Critical Role episodes where the entire episode is combat. So Mm. this almost fixation on how do we shorten combat? I'm like, what are you doing? That is, that's why we do that. Even though all the other stuff is fun too. And I promise I like it. So just think about that.
0: You you could be onto something about the DM And, and you could also be onto something about virtual play. Because Mm -hmm. as a DM, what I see is everybody checking their email Mm -hmm. when it's not their turn. That's
1: fair.
0: I know you're checking your email. I know you are. Or whatever. I know you're doing something else. There's no, I've done it. It's natural. It's right there. You're not going to do it. And that does erode confidence. I mean, people in critical role are doing it. They're talking. Mm -hmm. They're checking their phones. They're doing their stuff. To me, Mm -hmm. that just means everything's taking too long. It just feels Mm -hmm. like it's taking too long. I can either like, maybe I have to try to turn y'all off to not have that thing because I just want, I want that engagement. I know that we have the engagement when we're having a role-playing thing and combat just starts to feel like a... But maybe our
1: brains, need, like maybe for a second, because I've been in the weeds with the role playing and the combat, and now it's not my turn. Maybe I need that second just to be like, oh, wait, what did that person put on Instagram? Mm -hmm. I I have tried to be better about putting my phone away, away, because I know that I can be very easily distracted and that can be not good. So I'm not trying to make excuses for that part. But like, sometimes it is nice just to be like, what? Okay, great. Now I'm back. Uh-huh. And it doesn't mean that I'm bored, upset, don't love everything that's going on or want the person who's having their moment in the spotlight, not to have it like take your moment. Uh-huh. And that, I think that's everything I'm building towards, but I hear you, we can do better job of focusing and those who are really good at combat are good at like setting others up for their turns, being aware of who I need to be giving some kind of mm. buff to. So yeah, we can get
0: better at that. I hear you. I hear you. This has been very helpful to me to discuss these things because it's an interesting thing. And, and it actually helps to know that people are not bored with combat. I think, though, that we can work together to make it as engaging sure. as yeah. the role-playing stuff. That's, that is that is now my challenge. I'm going to figure it out.
1: We so, learn so much. We, we think so we know much. it all about each other. And then we come together and it's like, wait, what?
0: Yeah. What? Uh, um, well, this was a fun podcast. I agree. Thanks for doing it with me. Thank you for doing this with me. This is number five, four. Six. Six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This is number 45. I love it. 45. This <laughs> is a
1: podcast that doesn't end. Um,
0: um, yeah, everybody, uh, if you want, please find us and start conversations we'll, we'll find ways that you can start conversations with because we want to know what, what y'all think about these things as well we'll find some sort of forum that you can <laughs> speak to us in Al- that'll be Allison's job that's yeah Allison will tell you we'll put it in yeah. some kind of show note. but until next week Allison I love you thanks for you podcasting too. with me
1: thanks I'll talk
0: to you soon okay.